This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Weekly Podcast for the week of January 28th. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined on the line by the queen of Raptors Twitter, Boo Yuhor, a.k.a. Iman. Hello. Hey. Um, first off, I feel like, so we should preface this by saying that this was before the uh, Mavericks game. We're recording this like early Sunday afternoon, so we don't really know what's going to happen there. Presumably the Raptors will win, but who knows these days. Um, but you know, if the Raptors do win, I'm I'm assuming this thing will probably sound a little bit too negative, but, um, I I think for me personally, that's the memory of that Houston game is still very fresh in my mind and we could start there, but, uh, that was just kind of, you know, uh, just a really frustrating game to watch. What, what, how did you see that one? Yeah, I think that you, yeah, of course it was the most frustrating game for me this entire season. Um, I think the Raptors desperately miss Jonas Valanciunas, mm. and I'm just tired of watching Greg Monroe. Oh, and I, yeah, I, he's I was tweeting this yesterday. I thought after watching that Houston Rockets Raptors game, um, watching the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics made me <laughs> even more sad. Um, just it, the Raptors have nobody who can stop anyone from scoring in the paint. Apparently, um, just Siakam is incredibly skinny and. Greg Monroe is incredibly bad and the Raptors just need a big body like Jonas Valanciunas back. And also the Raptors just struggle scoring anything in, if it's not in transition. And so having a guy like Jonas Valanciunas can just help so much when you have these like six or seven minute stretches, like against the Boston Celtics or um, against the Raptors just can't get a basket. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, look, not to pick on Monroe. I don't think we'll talk about him too much the rest of the show, but Man, it it it. I, like, I miss Bebe, man. I, I can't believe we gave up Bebe so we can have zero for three against Memphis, zero for four against Sacramento, no shots at all against Indiana, and then one for two against Houston while also being a minus eleven. Monroe has just been like unplayable for like a solid week. Yeah, yeah. I think you hit the you. I'm pretty sure it was you who said this that he has the worst attributes of both Bismack Biyombo and Yanis Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which just, is like the most accurate way you can talk about Greg Monroe. I thought, you know, like, at least he's a big body and he should be able to, like, post up occasionally and, like, finish. But, like, he's so bad at layups. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's, like, bad luck. He's shooting um, 56% in the restricted area this season. 
historically, he's been a 63% scorer in that range. So, like, this year, he just he's, like, literally Norman Powell down low, except he's almost MVP. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's been painful to watch. Between that and then, like, just Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry not being able to make a layup, it's been... It's been a tough Raptor season. We need we need a guy like Jonas Valanciunas back, and we need a guy like Kyle Lowry back. If you can trade 2019 Kyle Lowry for 2017 or 2016 Kyle Lowry, I'll do that. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing. I mean, um, you know, the Raptors obviously upgraded from Demar to Kawhi this offseason, but I think so far at least we can also conclude that the Raptors also downgraded in terms of just 2019 Kyle Lowry versus just any other additional Kyle Lowry. Really, I think this might be his worst season here since his. First year where he was like, obviously he was coming off the bench behind Jose Calderon and stuff like that. But I mean, like, it, it's it's been bad. It's obviously some injuries play into it. You know, some rust. I mean, Kyle also talked about in a recent um, scrum. I think this kind of like went under the radar, but like two weeks ago, he was kind of really honest about you know uh, his whole struggles and everything like that. And um, I'm buying time because I can't. Oh, there we go. Okay. Uh, he said, quote, it's been a difficult year. For, it's been a different year for me. I've said this. I'm on the floor with four guys that can score the ball who want to score the ball, who need the ball. It's just the evolution of me being able to find ways to get everyone involved and try to keep myself involved. And he's talked about how it's a tough situation, but we're winning, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. And so, I mean, how would you sum up Kyle's performance this year and specifically his struggles? Um, because – I don't know. It's kind of a common theme in these big losses. Kyle's usually a big reason why. Yeah, I think I think the thing about Kyle Lowry is even when he isn't scoring, he just does so much that he's never going to he, he's never going to be a negative on this Raptors team. But in order for the Raptors to to want to contend, in order for the Raptors to want to be a great team, they need Kyle Lowry to be their secondary scorer, and he just hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. His playmaking has been fantastic this year. His defense has been great. Um, but he's just not scoring, and he's not hitting his threes. He's not driving. He's not attacking. He's just not Kyle Lowry. And in order for the Raptors to want to do to want to be better than where they're at right now, because I think they're a fine team now with Kyle Lowry playing the way that he's playing. But in order for the Raptors to want to make it to the finals or even make it to the conference finals, he just needs to be much better than this. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. That's a great point about Kyle in terms of just his productivity, right? Like he's he's so good at managing a game that, like, especially games where you know, against lesser competition where you just need to manage and sort of just like yeah. set the pace, you know, um, uh, feed the hot hand, you know. He's some... that. And he gets everyone else involved. Yeah. And I think of Anthony Doyle making this point on Twitter where it's like, well, who's going to get Kyle Lowry involved when he's struggling? Because he's able to find guys at their wherever they want it, whether, mm-hmm. you know, where you walk at the elbow or what, what have you. And I just think with Kyle, he needs to be able to create that offense for himself and he just defers way too much and we need Kyle not to do that. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between, like, deferring and, and you know, making sure everyone else gets their touches versus sort of, like, not being aggressive. And I think that's always yeah. been a struggle for Kyle because, like, because of physical limitations and he's always played bigger than himself. Like, in previous seasons, the way he would drive to the basket was just, like, um almost scary in a way like he just had no disregard for his body and like he just can't obviously do that now he's like 33 years old 32 years old sorry he's gonna be 33 in two months um but like yeah he just can't physically do it as much and it's just hard for a guy who's like sub six foot basically to do what he's doing um and i think again like there's there's difference to this right like i think there's some games where like uh you know he's keeping everyone involved. And there's some games where he's just like, takes himself out of the game. Like that, that yeah. Bucks game where he scored zero points. Like I thought he took himself out of that game. I thought against Houston, for example, that was a game where, especially in the fourth quarter there where, um, you know, Kyle Lowry versus bench, right? Like that's like a time honored Raptors formula for success where you put Kyle with the bench and you play fast. And like, they did well defensively, um, despite playing OG at center with a bunch of small, tiny guards. But, um, you know, Kyle just wasn't assertive whatsoever in that game. And I thought that, you know, they weren't even looking for him. There were like a couple yeah. of positions where he just didn't touch the ball at all. Right. Exactly. And he would just chill in the corner. And it's like, yeah. I, I mean, I, like, I get it. Like, I don't know. I mean, you might not want to sort of want to force your offense against a bad matchup. And like, maybe Fred had a better matchup. But like, man, I, I don't want to see Fred run the offense. I just <laughs> don't, especially when Kyle's out there. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you, though, because I think a lot of what we're saying right now are things that we said last year in regards to Kyle Lowry, at least in the beginning of the season. And then right around this time, January, February is when he turned it on. Do you Mm -hmm. think 
we're going like because another thing is he hasn't really had time to gel because last year the offense changed completely and Kyle Lowry had to once again sort of find his role and it took him a while to do that do you think we're getting that again or do you think that this is just next level it's it's always so tough to say I don't want to be a cop-out answer but it's like there's there's always like four or five different excuses you can point to while Kyle's struggling it's like he's coming off that injury we know that back injury is persistent um we know that his sort of conditioning since that injury has not been great. I mean, it's not even his fault, really. It's just like, if you have a back injury, like, what are you really going to do? It's not like you can, your your back is killing you. You can't, like, go on the treadmill and, and run, you know what I mean, and keep your cardio. And, and, like, there's that. And then also the new offense, like you're mentioning, and the new pieces. And I, it's just, it's difficult. But to me, personally, what I've really seen this year is just, like, there have been, like, almost no moments of Kyle Lowry takeover, right? Like, the yeah. the I guess the only examples I could really point to was like, um, you know, on the road in Golden State. He I thought he had like in that third quarter, it was really great energetically. Um, that Clippers game, I thought he was good. And then also probably that Washington game, like the third game but of the year. All having comments. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi wasn't there, right? And that's the thing, right? Kyle Lowry's numbers when Kawhi's not there is very different. I think he just assumes more responsibility. And I think it's just been really hard for him to sort of assume that responsibility while also deferring to Kawhi and it's just strange because like the way Kawhi plays functionally is very similar to the way Damar used to play functionally there's a little bit more isolation versus pick and roll but like for the most part it's kind of the same deal and I just it's kind of incredible to me that a guy as smart as Kyle Lowry hasn't been able to figure this out yeah yeah anyway but I mean I also think it's just kind of like sad you know like I, I Kyle has been like the best player of this run for the Raptors and like um, I think finally there is a player better than Kyle on the roster and like so much so that it's sort of like knocked Kyle down to a secondary rung. But like, I, I don't know. It's just kind of sad because like in all these past like seasons, like f- five or six years, like there's been at least a ha- like a dozen games every year where Kyle Lowry takes over. We're all tweeting Kyle Lowry over everything. And, you know, he wins the Raptors games. Whereas like this year, like it just, you know, it hasn't really happened. And it's kind of sad watching people slander him because you're like, it kind of feels like yeah. the trade came a year too late. A little <laughs> and bit, that you know? Would be, and that would be just the most dev- devastating thing if we finally get a player better than Kyle Lowry and he's too old to... Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be too sad. Um, I mean, at least we have Kawhi Leonard, so that's great. Uh, there was a concern this year, or earlier this week, that, uh, you know, Kawhi purchased... A $13 million home while he was load managing, quote-unquote. But uh, let's first talk about the house. Um, I don't know. Given a choice, would you rather live in San Diego or Toronto? Um, You're asking this on January 27th Mm -hmm. when there's a pile of snow outside of my house. Uh, I'd still pick Toronto, but um, I I think the thing about Kawhi Leonard's house and, you know, lots of people have kind of been tweeting this is just that it's so far away from the Staples that it has nothing to do with where he's going to sign in the offseason. Mm. He's from Southern California. He's going to buy a house in Southern California. He bought one in Toronto. It's fine. Um, it's just funny that it happened during like the coldest week of the year. Yeah, it was also funny that he was uh, out with load management for a week yeah, while yeah, this yeah. happened. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Either that or I don't know. The Raptors were actually giving him time to, you know. It's not even like he was away from the team, though, because he was on the bench, like, every single one of these games. You know, like, people started com- like people have complained about the strangest thing with Kawhi, but, like, this whole, like, sitting on the bench thing was just really weird. And he, like, finally started doing it, and people were like, yeah, that's what I like to see. Like, I mean, okay. Matter. None yeah. of this matters. I think it doesn't matter, exactly. Where, it doesn't matter, matter where he's sitting. It doesn't matter either. I think if the Raptors... If the Raptors make the finals, if the Raptors have a roster that he wants to come back to, then he'll come back. But if it's a 33-year-old Kyle Lowry with back problems and Pascal Siakam, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be enough to entice him. He has to be – you have to have, like, a solid number two. So Kyle Lowry needs to be better in order for the Raptors to keep Kawhi Leonard is kind of where I'm at. Mm. Do you wow. agree with that or do you think that there's a better shot? Are you more optimistic? I think it's one factor. Because um, I don't, I actually don't think that Toronto's entire case comes down to how the Raptors do as a team, right? I think it's also like, you know, for for this big of a decision, and it's going to be the most significant decision of his career so far. It's, I think he has to take into account his family. Like, is his family comfortable in Toronto? Like, 
you know, yeah. we've seen like Toronto's really done a good job of like fostering this family atmosphere. Now, I think some of that got punctured when uh, Demar got traded, and it was like, oh, word, the head of the family just got dealt. That's cool. Um, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of players have come to Toronto, felt really comfortable, had kids here. Like Toronto is a hotbed for having children. It's weird. Uh, people <laughs> like you just look back on the. I mean, Terrence Ross may be a bit of an exception, uh, but I mean, you know, just a lot of people have had kids there. And so, like, whether or not Kawhi's family is comfortable, and whether he likes the environment of sort of just like you know uh, the society being what it is, you know, it's it is different from the states, and maybe he likes that more. Like th- that's something like Dwayne Casey, for example, always used to talk about how like you know it's a different society. And he loves it here. And that uh, again, he got traded, so or he got fired, so that's that's a bit awkward too. But um, I think that's part of it. I also think like part of it is the support from you know the medical staff and whether or not they can keep him healthy. I think for that part, the Raptors are definitely doing their best, and I think I don't think any other medical staff could do any better with what Kawhi's done this year. And so that's also part of it. But yeah, I mean, on the court, I would say yeah, Kyle is a pretty significant part of it. And look, if Kyle has a great playoff run which is a huge if, but if he does, then, you know, I think Kawhi might look at the situation and say, look, where else am I going to get, like, if the Raptors make it to the finals, even the Eastern Conference finals, and they lose because of some injuries and stuff like that, like, I think he could look at that and be like, yeah, that's a pretty good situation. It, it, it's, c- compare that to what the Clippers are going through. Like, the Clippers were, like, hot for, like, a couple minutes, and then people were like, wow, Tobias Harris, or, like, Danilo well, Gallinari well, All-Star. The Clippers team is going to be completely different next year. They're yeah, never exactly. So, it, it, it yeah, I think it really depends on what the Raptors look like in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, yeah. Um, do you think this load management thing is sort of affecting team chemistry, though, in terms of just people have started citing about, like, you know, time to gel and stuff like that. Like, are, do you think that's a concern? Um, I just, sure, like, the Raptors haven't had enough time to gel. You know, we've talked about Kyle Lowry having his best games when Kawhi Leonard sits, but... I don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone's sort of making it out to be. You're resting him. You're keeping him healthy. We just saw what happened with Victor Oladipo um, getting hurt. And that might, like, obviously a kind of a freak injury, but he also might have been rushed back from an injury. So you kind of um, just want to rest and make sure your players are safe and okay. And once JV comes back and you actually have a full squad, then you can look at making... Um, I don't know. You can look at making a case to play Kawhi Leonard more, but for right now, I don't. I don't. I can't get worked up over a game in January. Yeah, I guess. that's true. That's true. Um, and look, I think you know the strange thing is, I think the only like Kyle and Kawhi probably have to integrate a little bit more. Like, I just don't think they have any two man game actions. Like, yeah. even when you watch a like end of game well, situation, I think that Kyle needs to sort of yeah. get his reps back. And I, I kind of want. Kyle Lowry to take over the offense I kind of want Kyle Lowry in control mm-hmm. just so we can see that he can do it and then it's like okay now work Kawhi Leonard back into it yeah yeah that's true because I think Kawhi is his production is sort of independent of everyone else right like yeah he almost does his own thing and he's always going to get 30 points on 50 percent shooting like it's it's just a great luxury and it's sort of just like can Kyle do his thing in, in the midst of that but um uh I also I feel like in, in terms of just like when the Raptors have sort of found their stride, right? Like, obviously, they started the year, like, 24-4, and four, and I think that is probably closer to the Raptors' true talent level than what they've done since because they've, um, since then, they have gone 16-11. and 11. Yeah. So, like, I think the Raptors are much closer to the start of the year and what they were at the start of the year. And I think at the start of the year, a lot of that was, you know, Kyle was getting a lot of assists and he was really, but he was also like being really opportunistic with the scoring and his spot up shooting. And like, I just think spot up shooting for Kyle has been so hard this year. He either hasn't really looked for it at all or whatever. And I think part of that might just be because like who else on the starting lineup can really run the offense, right? Like last year when Kyle was spotting up, like DeMar could dribble, he could run pick and rolls and he could sort of keep the defense occupied. Whereas like, I don't think Kawhi has the sort of same playmaking ability as DeMar does. And so it, it's a little bit more difficult for Kyle to sort of relinquish the ball and also get himself open. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, so then do you think that Kawhi sitting is hurting this team's chemistry? No, I, I don't think it's hurting the team chemistry, really. I just think it's, you know, like it's uh, just kind of – I don't know, like, hurting chemistry is weird because that sounds almost like it's, like, vindictive or, like, an active process. It's really just, like, the opportunity lost, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they could use a bit more opportunities where Kawhi is running more, like, 
because like Kawhi is just like a, a finisher, but like Danny Green's a finisher, Pascal's a finisher. Like he's not passing nearly as much as he did last year. Yeah, because like, he's he knows he can score now. Serge never passes, and Kawhi is also a finisher. So like, what what are you gonna do, right? And I think I think realistically, the guy with the most ability there is Kawhi and then Pascal, and those two guys probably have to figure out how to run the offense without you know just finishing for themselves, but. Until that happens, really. And, and in order to do that, I think you need Kyle to be on the floor for that. So, right. yeah. I don't so know. then with all of that said, what do you think about not playing DeLon Wright for an entire game? That that smells like a that smells like a trade to me. Yeah? That smells like a trade. Because, like, Nick Nurse's excuse didn't really make sense. Uh, not at all. He was like, yeah, I, I needed uh, more length out there. And the shooting of CJ Miles. CJ Miles had zero points. Uh, and the length of McCaw for one minute came in to foul James Harden for three free throws. And that's it. Like, you're telling me DeLon Wright could have done better than that? That doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think, like... I mean, do you feel like DeLon has really had a fair shake under Nick Nurse? No, and I think part of that, you know, he started the year off hurt. Yeah. And then um, he's kind of struggled. But, yeah, no, I, I don't think that he's had a fair shake. But I think that he's kind of just had a rough go of it, too, this whole year. He struggled. Fred Van Vliet struggled and Kyle struggled. It's kind of just been bad for the Raptors all around. And it, it's interesting to me that Fred Van Vliet has get, have been given so much time despite yes. a lot of his struggles. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't understand why DeLon has kind of had a short leash with Nick Nurse. I don't I don't get that. That's a, that's a good point. Because Fred Van Vliet has, has had a rough year. Yeah. And this is the thing. Fred has played the same amount of games as uh, DeLon, right? Both of them have at 45. They both have minor injuries. Um, Fred's at 1,210 minutes played in the season. DeLon Wright's at 829. Like, uh, there shouldn't be that big of a difference in terms of just... I don't know. I just think that, like, when Fred struggles, he still gets a chance to play through it, whereas when DeLon struggles, it's like he's out of the rotation, like, real quick. And it's like... I don't know, man. That just... It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, like, I think... You need Fred VanVleet's length. Come on now. You gotta (laughs) have Fred VanVleet's length. It's, It's real sneaky length. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's been a weird year. Um, what have you thought about how fans have sort of followed along in the season on Twitter? Because you and I are both on Raptors Twitter like way too much. Um, and I feel like this year, like people are just they get people get very angry after every loss. Yeah, expectations are higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and any time that a that a team like just look at Warriors Twitter like they they like I just feel like the Raptor Raptor fans um just came in with super high expectations and the team just hasn't figured it out even in wins they I don't know they have some wins that are just incredibly convincing and then they have nights like the Houston Rockets game yeah. where um I've been a part of the um. The crazy Raptor fan reaction in that one, just because it was one of those games that's just so incredibly disheartening to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that fans are are a little on edge just because they know that Ka- that Kawhi Leonard can leave in a year, yeah. and so you have one year to sort of figure things out. And also, you know, fan favorite Demar Derozan was shipped out, so people are came into the season already kind of angry. Yeah, yeah, it's just been it's yeah. I think you're right. It's just it's been real tense. It's it's almost like I I part of my thing is I also feel like the Raptors are way more popular than were in previous years and so like uh, I don't want to blame it on Leafs fans but like I feel like there's like a portion of like more and more Leafs fans are also becoming Raptors fans and like they're bringing over their own kind of yeah. baggage. Also, the Raptor fans are really young is something that I realized. That like, too, yeah. There's they're really like it's a lot of high school kids, um, and like you're just gonna get crazy reactions out of out of people who are 16. Yeah, that is true. When did you first get on Raptors Twitter? When I was 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Except this was like, uh, I don't want to disclose your age, but this was... I'm 25. It's been a long time, yeah. guys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I joined in like the 2012. That was like a good-ish year to join in because you could still be angry at parts of the team, but like shit turned around real quick and it got really fun. Oh, no, I, I, I came in and, like, Bosh going on Twitter being like, where should I go, guys? Oh, yeah, remember <laughs> when athletes used to do that? Huh? Remember when athletes used to do that? Like, Kevin Durant was like, yeah. I'm in the Bay, what should I do? And then, like, two hours later. Yeah, like, where he was talking about where he should go in, like, the off season. Oh, <laughs> he was, like, oh, gonna go to no. Miami. Oh, no. <laughs> right. It was, it was Yo, such Chris. a ridiculous tweet like that. Yeah. I feel like Chris Bosh uh, always shared a little bit too much. 
yeah yeah for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah but chris is a lovable guy i feel like at the time he was like everyone like just really really loved uh like macho athletes and like now chris bosh would be so adored oh that's yeah that's very very true yeah like that all-star thing where he had like the his accent and yeah he he was like a car salesman and stuff yeah yeah he was basically not bought you <laughs> Basically, he, he did an entire much. YouTube channel, didn't he? He did. Him and Amir Johnson. Amir Johnson has an incredible YouTube channel. I don't think he uses it anymore. But if you want to watch rookie Demar Derozan going to like a KFC drive-through with Amir Johnson and Sonny Weems, it's on there. On it's also Amir Johnson lip syncing. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. We have like five hours until the Dallas Mavericks game, so that's yeah. all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's, I think it's Amir three thousand. Um, he, he, he really loved Andre 3000, but, uh, and why not, you know? Yeah. I remember those, um, the Olympic bath, like the 2018 where Bosch was just like filming them and yeah. I would just like sit in front of my computer, just watching all of it. Um, with that, you know, Darren Williams, like Chris Paul and LeBron and just, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. There's some legendary like team practice videos where they're all dancing to soldier boy. Like the USA Olympic team. Everyone except Kobe, because obviously Kobe is joyless. But, um, but yeah. Um, what else What else is on the topic list here? Um, I don't know. Do you want to talk trades or anything like that? I don't, you know what it is? I think it's hard to talk trades because, like, I feel very attached to these guys. Like, even JV. I'm like, man, I really miss JV. And, like, it's been, like, two months without him. And I'm like, I miss the hell out of this guy. And I can't really... It's, it's not so easy to just be like, well, we got to throw him into match salary. They're like, no, it's a real yeah. person. He's been here like six, seven years. I don't think that a trade really moves the needle all that much. Same. You just need Kyle Lowry to be – because you're not going to trade for a Bradley Beal. Uh, or yeah. you, know, you just don't you're have not. the assets to do anything like that. And so what it comes down to is Kyle Lowry needs to be this team's secondary scorer. He needs to be more aggressive and he needs to get his. And if you have that, I think this team's ceiling gets you know taken to a whole nother level. And if yeah. you don't have that, then it doesn't matter that you have Wayne Ellington on the bench. You know, like it, the, mm, None of that matters point. at that point. That's a good point. In my opinion. That's a good point. And I also think it's it's like for people that have talked about sort of, you know, trading Kyle Lowry and even I've entertained it. Like yeah. I've suggested like, you know, like this team would like on just in a vacuum be much better with like Drew Holiday instead of Kyle Lowry. But like I don't you can't it's too late to trade Kyle Lowry. Like if you needed to trade Kyle Lowry, you would have done it in the offseason because like you look at it this year. He's second in the NBA in assists, right? And like he's so vital in terms of getting everyone else involved in the offense. And like if you thought it was hard for Kyle and Kawhi to gel during like the 20 odd games they played together, well, I don't know. I mean, there's not gonna be that many games from the All Star break onward, or after the trade deadline onward. Struggles. He's still so important to this team. Yeah, exactly. Like the Raptors' offense, when he's not on the floor, and you have you know Fred VanVleet, and and sure, yeah, you said a Drew Holiday, who's you know a very good point guard. People have been making the points for like Mike Con- Mike Conley, who's yeah, also a really yeah. good point guard. But Kyle Lowry is still really, really. He's still this team's arguably this team's most important player, even though Kawhi Leonard's the team's best player. Because when mm-hmm. he's sitting, the offense just looks like trash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of that is I, I just wish that you know this is where I think the Raptors can get a nice backup point guard. That would be nice. Um, Fred is fine. Like Fred's more like a, last year's Fred. Man, I mean, even last year's Kyle Fred. Lowry Fred for twenty sixteen Kyle Lowry, I think we'd be great. Yeah, either one of those two things. But I mean, even like Fred, like Fred just feels more like a two guard than a one. Sure, doesn't, yeah, I, it doesn't I, really run I, the show. I enjoy Fred off the ball a lot more than I enjoy Same. him on the ball. Same, right? And it's like. So I have an even issue. And I think DeLon, I mean, the biggest critique for him is really just he's not aggressive enough. If he could be an assertive number one and slash the basketball all the time and Fred could spot up, that'd be great. Instead, yeah. it's DeLon's spotting up and Fred's trying to run pick and roll and thinking he's Kyrie Irving. Like, it's just, it's it's not good. It's it's definitely not good. Um, yeah, sure, let's, I, think, I think you made the point about Kawhi Leonard's playmaking. I think that's the one thing where you really kind of miss a DeMar DeRozan because if you could have one of – Pascal, Kyle, or a Kawhi who has the ability to has the ability to be that be that type of playmaker, and you would just it would just be so much better. You can play a guy like Fred VanVleet off ball, but the Raptors rely way too much on their backup point guards, and neither one of them have just been on this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's unfortunate. Um, let's before we go and take a break and take some Twitter questions, 
let's look ahead to the next week's games. I guess, like, I don't know, this Mavericks game. I, I think the Mavericks game later today, I think we both think it's they're going to win, right? The Mavs yeah. aren't that good. The Mavs are all right, but the Raptors should win that. Yeah. And the Raptors kind of easily handled the Mavericks in the first game. All right, that's, that's a win. All right. Um, then, next week is very interesting because the Raptors finally get some days off. You know, the Raptors have played one of the most compressed schedules in the NBA. Although, I, I love how Matt and Jack bring it up. Every time the Raptors are down five, it's like, well, you know, the Raptors have played the most compressed schedule in the NBA. If you look at them. They're, they're just exhausted. And it's like, well, it's not always that. Sometimes it's just, you know, they're not playing well. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors only have two games next week. So, there you go. There's some of the rest coming up. And uh, Milwaukee on Thursday. That's going to be a huge game. Milwaukee's well, a big game. Uh, it's at... Scotiabank, I think that game could potentially decide whether or not Nick Nurse draws up some isolation plays in the All-Star game. <laughs> um, so that's that's somewhat interesting because really it's either Bud or Nick Nurse. And quite honestly, I have I don't want to see Bud's, you know, sunburnt, uh, sun-dried tomatoes face in the All-Star game. It just I'm so excited to see uh, what suit Nurse would wear to the All-Star game. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah he, could, he, he might do something crazy. He might do something real crazy. Um, on his minimum salary as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what are, you, what are you thinking about that game? How are you feeling about that game? Because the Bucks just don't lose anymore. They win yeah, every I game. Even, I didn't even realize the Raptors were playing the Bucks this week. Um, I, it's a must win, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, Also, like, the, the one seed is so important now that Indiana's kind of fallen off yeah. um, with, with the Victor Oladipo injury. The Raptors need to get that one seed because that means you don't have to go against both Boston and Milwaukee to possibly get through the finals. Yeah. Um. So every game against Milwaukee is is important, and they I think they're a game up on the Raptors right now. Yes, one game up. Although the Raptors have more wins, but I would that would but, need Milwaukee to actually lose a game ever, which they just don't. Yeah. Oh, they're playing OKC today. That 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 feels like a matchup that OKC. Yeah, could the Raptors lose. are yeah. three games back in the loss column. Yikes. Yeah, they just haven't lost. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. That game is really important. Do you think it's a win? I think since it's at ACC, it's going to be a win. But I don't know. I mean, all these. I mean, not all these games. The first game, obviously, the Bucks blew the Raptors out. But the last two games before that, it was very close. And if, even if you look at the game where the Raptors lost, um, you know, at uh, Scotiabank earlier this year, like that was really because Kyle won. Oh, like he literally hit zero points. Yeah. If Kyle could have like five points in this game, I think the Raptors can win. High bar, yeah. just five points. Just just five. <laughs> please, Kyle, please, man. It's so sad watching him right now. It's so sad watching him. <sighs> and, um, yeah. And then, you know, on Sunday the Raptors play the Clippers, who have uh, really struggled of late. Um, you know, what are they at right now? Four and six in the last ten. I mean, that's not that bad, but... Um, yeah, they're barely hanging on to a playoff spot out west, and yeah, I don't know. They just—they're not that good, and the Raptors should handle that, no problem. West is ridiculous. They're already at thirteen. I swear they were in the eight spot. Like, oh, I'm looking at the con. Never mind. Never mind. Don't listen to anything I just. Said. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I was like thirteen. Um, it it was the entire league. <laughs> they have the thirteenth best record in the league. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Raptors should beat the Clippers. That I I, I feel confident about that one. Yeah, we got that. All right, two in a week. There we go. Look, if, yeah, we, if we win the, the Bucks game, hang ringing about how bad this Raptors season has been. You just look at the schedule and you're like, yeah, they should be able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And the rest of the schedule was nice. It's nice and it's kind of nice and easy. Although I don't know, I'm looking at it right now. There's a couple of uh, difficult parts. It's just the Raptors end the season. Playing Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Chicago, Orlando, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Miami, Minnesota. Like, that's, like, the easiest stretch. Man, if you want to manage some loads, that, that is the time. Although there's not even a back-to-back in the stretch. Yeah, the Raptors should be healthy going to playoffs. That's nice. Um, we're going to take a quick break right here, and when we come back, we will empty out the Twitter mailbag. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Welcome back to the second half of the Raptors Weekly Podcast. Here with Iman, we are taking Twitter questions. We get tons of Twitter questions. Iman gets probably Raptors questions in her Curious Cat sometimes. A lot, probably. A lot, yeah. Yeah. Okay, explain the Curious Cat then. That's my question to you before we go at the actual questions. 
Um, so I was bored uh-huh. and um, I started it and then um, I became addicted. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Anytime that I'm bored, I kind of pull it out. I was supposed to stop once the season started. Um, but if you follow me on Twitter, you'll realize that that has not happened. Yeah. I, I, you know what? This is not your fault. This is really Asad's fault, but I blame you for introducing Curious Cat to Asad. Um, yeah, I mean, he copies everything I do. It's not my, you know, I can't control that. Yeah. He's just trying to get the clout, you know. <laughs> he wanted a shout out, so that's a shout out. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm calling him right after this. <laughs> yeah, listen to the uh, No Cat podcast where me, Asad, and Minnie are going to talk about growing up in immigrant families. Anyway. When do I get invited on that pod? Soon. Soon. Oh. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Wow. Now I feel awkward being challenged. (laughs) No, it's okay. No, for real, though. We would actually get you on for sure. Um, Because, you know, there is an unofficial rule for that pod, and you are exempt from that rule. Anyway, um, first one comes... So the questions... First one comes from Jerome, Black Dragon Roll. Number one, how dare you? What's this about? Um, Mindy Kaling, I'm assuming. Yes. In the office, yeah. Uh, Jerome's the best. I don't know. Number one, how dare we? How dare you, Will? I I, I don't know. I don't know what I did. I, I saw Jerome at the the Suns game. That was cool. He's just chilling there. He always has great fits on. Yeah. Yeah. Always really good, like zip up jackets and like a nice hat, and his like glasses are on point. I mean, I guess his glasses are his glasses, but they have these nice <laughs> glasses. I don't know, man. It's, Jerome's just very stylish. Every time I see him, I'm like, damn, I'm not put together at all. Jerome's the best. He seems like a great guy. But, okay, there's not an inside joke here. All right, never mind. Uh, next one from TW Raps. Bigger issue, Kyle Lowry scoring or White Casey? I mean, Nick Nurse. White Casey is a pretty hilarious nickname, and I'm sure Nick Nurse hates it. I don't know if he sees well, it, but I'm sure if he did, he would hate it. He should try to get a little more creative, closing mm. things out. Uh, and then you know that moniker wouldn't exist. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you didn't run all the Casey plays, maybe I don't. Who knows? Maybe this whole time Nick Nurse was running the play. Or Cornrow DeRozan. What's that? Cornrow DeRozan or White Nick Nurse? Okay, don't be disrespectful. You know, (laughs) you know Kawhi's better. I don't know Nick Nurse is better, but I know Kawhi's better. Don't say that, please. Oh man. Um, I I would say Kyle Lowry scoring is a bit more of an issue, but I think it's partially tied to the Nick Nurse thing, man. I mean, like. I don't know. You have some playmaking forwards, and the Raptors just don't really playmake through the front court uh, as much. But that's always been the case. Like they've always been a guard-oriented offense, and it's always been a little bit hard for Kyle to produce everything, even though he has done it in the past. Yeah, I agree. I think Kyle Lowry scoring is a bigger issue. Yeah. Um, next one from uh, Ed Edits. Why can't the Raptors perform on nationally televised games? Um, is that a thing? I don't know. When the lights get big, the Raptors, the Raptors shrink. I guess it's a kind of like a continuation from the Raptors' playoff struggles. I don't know. I don't know. Why can't the Raptors perform well? I think it's, you know, they're usually playing a tougher opponent on nationally televised games, right? So they're naturally going to play worse on those, like relatively. But um, I, you know what? I think the Raptors are also mostly Americans and they're in on hating Canada and embarrassing Canada. And so on top of not being shown in America because they're Canada Canadians, they're Canada's team, these Americans on Canada's team are also intentionally torpedoed. Like, I think people actually believe some of that stuff. It's it's pretty, (laughs) pretty wild. Um, It's a great theory. I'm running with it. Yeah, what what is this? An Anthony Davis trade? Guys, what's wrong with you guys? Yo, if you guys want to play fantasy, like, there's a whole, like, just play fantasy sports. You could be Masai and make these trades. What? You don't think OG Ananobi can get us Anthony Davis? Look at this. Pascal, what? OG, Surge, and a first. <laughs> Lord. what For what? That's actually a downgrade for the Raptors. I'm serious. If you take all those pieces <laughs> off the team and you just bring Anthony Davis, we're not even going to put, like, four competent players on the floor at once. Um... What the hell are these trade offers, man? Wright, Powell, Miles, Richardson, 2021 first. Do you think Anthony Davis gets traded? Right now? No. No, the Pelicans are mad desperate, man. And, like, Del Demps is basically on that Brian Colangelo situation of, like, I know I'm going to get fired unless we make the playoffs this year. Like, he's going to fuck around and trade for Rudy Gay. Like, <laughs> he's way more likely to do that than trade, um, you know, Davis. 
Because, yeah. like, he's not even going to be around. It doesn't really matter. If he loses his job, he loses his job. It's kind of whatever. But, yeah, they're not trading AD right now. They're too busy complaining about the Saints. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, and these trade offers are terrible, man. Wright, Powell, Miles, Richardson, 2021 first, 19, 2019 second rounder, 2022 second rounder, and maybe OG for Beal. Like, what? No, that's not how trades work, man. You can't. That's like that's five players for one player and some and he said a 2022 second round pick who cares about that that's not even valuable i don't know man this is these are these are sad these are sad um spencer bell asks trade candidates and win shares vonley jeff green jermichael jermichael green okay yeah okay two greens uh garrett temple out of those four guys vonley Jeff Green, Jermichael Green, and Garrett Temple. Do you like any of those? Um, I don't know if I've just been watching a lot of Knicks games. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I've, I'm, I'm still at the point where I, I don't think that the Raptors, I, like, I, I don't care to make a trade. I just feel like Kyle Lowry needs to be better. But, um, yeah, if the Raptors want to trade for another big, you can bring in a guy like Noah Vonley. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I feel like the Raptors could use a little bit more bench depth. Um, and it's not just the Monroe thing. I just think that first off, Monroe was not like I didn't really like the signing when it happened. I kind of just like shrugged my shoulders. But um, yeah, I just think the Raptors need a little bit more. They need a more solid defensive big man. They just they they need it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Who would have thought we would have missed JV's defense when he went down? I mean, yeah, would have been like that's the thing. You know, Beyond Bonesaw is listening to this and just screaming, being like, "I told you! I told you!" <laughs> Oh he's God, doing I the what about the Rosen? Like I told you about Nick Nurse, and he's like, I told you on the first game of the season, and I'm like, it was a win. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't that bad. Oh, I forget my... what happened, but he was really mad. I think it was JV's minutes. Oh God, it was probably like, oh yeah, yeah. A JV started the game, but they closed it with Surge instead of JV against Tristan. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's he's a great follow. Though. Everyone follow him. I wouldn't go far as great, but I mean, no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, follow him. Why not? Um. What else are here? Nat asks, we are likely not good enough to beat Boston and certainly not good enough to beat Golden State. So what moves does Masai make? I mean, for, why, for, why, why are we not, all of a sudden not good enough to beat Boston? Because we lost by like four points? Like, come on. The Raptors really haven't had a shot to put everything together. We haven't seen this team at full strength. I think it's a little premature to say we're not good enough to beat the Boston Celtics. Yeah, like, what What have the Celtics done? Like, all, all year they've been underperforming, and then they have a close loss of the Warriors, and it's like, ah, oh, they're unbeatable. Yeah. Word? A like, team that the Raptors beat twice, might yeah. I add. Yeah, seriously. Um, Campbell Mack asks, are we downplaying JV's importance to the team off the bench? I guess we kind of talked about it, but, yeah, I mean, he's been – he's really – really productive and the Raptors have missed having that player because they've had Greg Monroe averaging like one point a game for the last week. Also load management for Serge Ibaka. I feel like that's a thing mm. that might take its toll. There's a joke there. Um, Man, Serge. Sultry. Sultry Instagram game. <laughs> Real sultry. Great adjective. Uh, there was one that got sent to me recently where Serge's he said Viva España um, and it was just him wearing a sweater with like a cartoon woman's butt with a um, it wearing... a flag on it which is why it was oh that's okay I guess I see it mm. yep yep Serge what a guy what a guy Serge <laughs> no, honestly man Serge having a great year on off the court just keep doing whatever you're doing that's my goat that that is that is honestly standing for Serge Ibaka at the start of the season was the best decision I made because man he has been so damn good and worth it. Um, oh man, there's so many questions. Okay, what about people are asking about Jeremy Lin? Do you want to see Jeremy Lin on this roster? Would he be an upgrade over Fred? I say yes. You say yes. Over Fred? Yeah. Sh- sure. Over DeLon, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's a better player than Fred VanVleet. Um, yeah, I, I guess. I got. I'm still like. I think that I'm just too stuck on like Kyle Lowry needs to be better. That I just don't care about any of the marginal upgrades that you can make. But yeah, I think Jeremy Lin is still a really good, productive player. And if you can get a guy like him and go for it, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, I say this having. I'm literally staring at a Jeremy Lin bobblehead right beside <laughs> my laptop as I do this podcast. So yes, bring Jeremy Lin to Toronto, please. That's please. a guy who won't shrink during national televised games. Yeah. 
There is that is that is that true? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> okay. remember Lynn's sanity. I'm just going off. Of Yo, <laughs> man. Oh man, like I like all of Markham was in in attendance for that game, and he had to just hit the. Game. I can't believe Dwayne Casey went with Jose Calderon defending the ball on on Jeremy. Like you know the Knicks, like the Knicks at that time, like Mello was out, and like the rest of the team was like Jared Jeffries and like Landry Fields. You could tell I've watched this season many times over and over again on YouTube. <laughs> Um, there's a great YouTube channel called Speed of Lynn. Anyway, Jeremy Lynn was like the only option possible, and the Raptors decided uh, I'm going to counter. And sorry, Dwayne Casey decided I'm going to counter with Jose Calderon on the ball, like quite possibly the worst defender in the NBA. I'm going to have him on the floor guarding Jeremy Lynn, who's definitely going to take the shot. Like, what else did you expect? If you're if you're a Raptor fan right now struggling, just do what Will Lou does apparently, and just go through old Raptor games, and you'll feel so much better about this roster and this team. That that is true. Yeah, that's that's, that's really good advice. Fred Van Lee was like the would have been the best point guard the Raptors had for like a solid decade. Dude. Yeah. It's either him or like T.J. Ford. R.I.P. His niece. Yo, I hope his spine is okay, man. <laughs> I really hope his spine is okay. Still kind of holding a grudge against Al Horford anytime I see him. Same. Same, because everyone's like, he's such a gentleman, he's so nice. And I'm like, I saw him murder Will TJ Ford, Ford with my trigger. eyes. Like, don't but tell me that. He, uh, you'll hold the Calderon's career, though. You know. What's that? The end of TJ Ford's was the beginning of Jose Calderon's career. So. Yeah, that is true. And I can't believe Jose Calderon is still averaging like 18 minutes a game. That is incredible. Like, I can't. Dwayne, please, Dwayne, you have to seek help, man. You can't do this. He's... It'll be like Jose Calderon. We trade for him. Yo, he's actually like, like, uh, you know, Detroit's version of John Salmons. Like, he's just getting way too many minutes on the only basis is that he's a veteran. And, you know, Casey yeah. likes him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although, I guess Fred Van Bleet's also kind of like the John Salmons right now, unfortunately. Oh, man. That's, that's real dark. <laughs> so dark. Um,. Okay, well, well, and on a more happier one, all right, how's this? Like, there's a lot of questions here. They're so negative, I just don't want to address them. This one from La Pioche. I, I don't know. My French is not good, I guess. Uh, how realistic is it to think that Masai's relationship with Giannis and his family, um, that we can sign him when his contract runs out as a free agent? <laughs> I mean, look, helping someone doesn't mean they're indebted to you for life. But I will say that he probably has a connection with Giannis. Sure. But, I mean, I, I think, like, crazy Raptor fan me is like, yeah, let's just stay optimistic. We got Kawhi Leonard. Anything is possible. But, like, realistically, I don't know that that's, like, a legit thing that Raptor fans should be banking on. Um, let's just enjoy this team that the Raptors have right now and not look too deep into the future. Because Giannis is probably just going to stay in Milwaukee. Why? Why would anyone stay in Milwaukee? Have you seen the Milwaukee <laughs> halftime entertainment? It's always like a guy on a bike, and like he's balancing ladders on his chin. They have red. Is her name Red Panda? I feel like the last. No, no, that's not true. What? I was gonna say. I feel like the last Bucks game I was watching um, on League Pass, they had they had her, but that is not true. I don't remember what it was. Well, I mean, Red Panda's not white, so I doubt she was performing in Milwaukee. <laughs> Fair. Okay, yeah, maybe. I feel like the Raptors have a decent shot at getting him. I think, you know, if you're a Raptor fan, you know that it's really hard to get free agents to come here, especially because um, Americans have this weird perception of Canada, Mm -hmm. um, like it's Narnia or something. Yeah. And with Giannis, that obviously doesn't exist because he's not American. And then you have the added thing where he does have this Nigerian connection with um, Giannis's family and Giannis himself yeah. um, and he has helped him out so yes there is a connection there and it's probably more realistic than say a LeBron James or an Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant or whoever signing wait, here wait well, hold on Kevin Durant was going to sign here in Toronto because Drake shot him out at OVO Fest and also because Gravis Vasquez was his best friend yeah for yeah. sure uh, you know so, so yeah I think there's a better chance that Giannis comes than any other superstar in the NBA but it's also probably not something that you should be banking on yeah, that is true. But he's you know, definitely coming. Though. Banked on Paul George, and that didn't work out for them. Yeah, but no, but he's definitely coming though. Hey, I'm staying optimistic. Yeah. I told you the crazy Raptor fan in me is still staying optimistic. Yeah, no, no, yeah, guys, Giannis is coming. All right, uh, Toronto has a great Greek population, a great yeah. Nigerian population. He's gonna, he's going to feel very comfortable in any Uber he gets into, 
and like he's just gonna have a, he's gonna have a great time in Toronto. <laughs> uh, Giannis is coming. Giannis is coming. There you go. All right. Well, Iman, this is fun. This is great. Follow Thank Iman you. on Twitter. Oh, I thought you were gonna you say your Twitter handle. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> at Boo You Horror. Yeah. How With many? How many O's? Five O's in it. U is the letter U and not Y O U. Um, and a horror is spelled exactly how you think it would be. Yeah. 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 But I feel like your Twitter account has been more chill since that one retweet that you had. What was the one retweet that I had? I, I, it's a family program. I can't describe it here, but it was Ooh, like a, yeah. okay. that nightclub. And like, okay. man, I was, oof. I was it's like the middle of the day. About <laughs> content on my timeline. Uh-huh. You, you had to pollute it to the rest of the world. Timeline. It wasn't me retweeting it. It was me complaining about everything that I was seeing because it's just constant. Yeah, I, oh, that's that's really unfortunate. That's that's constant, but um, uh, yeah, I've I've made some changes to make it not constant because it, it was a lot, and I was so confused by it. I, I I was definitely confused by that video. Definitely, it was. I didn't even watch the video, which is the funniest part. Cause Yo, I had, like, one being like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I didn't really watch it. I just keep seeing things like this, and I'm not going to click on it anymore." Mm. Yeah, now now it's much more chill. Now you're just slandering LeBron and his relationship with Yes Jules. That is actually hilarious. That LeBron is such fair. a big Yes Jules fan. I feel like that's a fair <laughs> thing to slander. Do better, LeBron. Yo, what's going on, man? And he's always holding a picture of Sprite when he's with Yes Jules. Like, what? <laughs> what? Le- I didn't even notice that. <laughs> uh, here's the, LeBron is like he's been through like the most like like social media has like really exploded during LeBron's career. And so he has like the most well chronicled career of anybody ever. And there's just so many small LeBron stories that it's just get swept under the rug. And this, this yes, Jules one must survive. Wow. We really got swept by this man, like 25 years in a row. That's really unfortunate. <sighs> Dad. All right. Well, this is a sad episode, but after we beat the bucks, I think next week's episode will be more upbeat. Follow him on, on Twitter. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back next week. Thanks. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.